Get ready for some announcements on Thursday. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 227 of Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. I am your host, Saw Bridges, not Brett Beck this week. <laughs> and alongside me is... Uh, Chris Figs. How you doing, Saul? Good, good, good. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. I couldn't get my breakfast sandwich this morning because the lines were too long at every Dunkin' Donuts I went to. And I'm oh pretty upset. But we don't actually have a Dunkin' Donuts here, so I don't know how oh, really? quality of that typically is. I like it. I don't drink coffee, so it's just I like their sandwiches. <clears throat> gotcha. It sounds about like me in a way. I drink cold brew coffee, but like the kind you could buy like a big old bottle. Yeah. Um so for those that are watching the, or actually if you're just listening too, you're going to see that there's an absence of Brett in this episode. He is going with family and doing some stuff for Labor Day weekend as that is uh, this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this is going to be the weirdest episode I think we've done yet because <laughs> it's the first episode without Brett yep. and it's the first episode with just me and Chris and it's done remotely. So yes. This is the first time anybody has ever gotten an insight to my background before. So this is very interesting. Um, we hope that this sounds good. Um, I know my throat's kind of raspy. I, I, it's with this weird pulmonary embolism thing. I have this cough problem and <clears throat> that has kind of ran my throat ragged. So, but yeah, I think, I think it's all going to tie together fairly well. Um, yeah, we'll have fun. Yeah. And when, you know, when Brett's gone, it's time for the boys to play. So (laughs) (laughs) the main host can't, can't host no mo. Um, But you guys can find out where to find more about us later on in the episode. But until then, we'll get it started off how we normally do. Chris, what have you been playing? Oh, man, I've been playing a lot of Saints Row 3 and a lot of Hades. That has been the majority of my week. Man, so... I've actually been playing Saints Row 3 as well. <laughs> uh, I downloaded it, and like last week I said, I didn't think I've ever played it, but um, I actually had. I played it back in PS3, but yeah. I didn't play a lot of it. Um, so I did the opening mission, and the second I did the opening mission, I was like, you know what? I am very aware that I've played this game. So, <laughs> Are you still enjoying it? Yeah, yeah. I haven't played much of it, because I only played it for like two hours on Sunday-ish. Yeah. Um, and then... I played a little bit of Hades uh, throughout the week on my Switch, but not much. Um, mm. Starting on Thursday, I got my Xbox in, and I just did—I just wanted to set that up and didn't really play much of it at all this weekend either. Um, no. Mainly just doing stuff with uh, uh, my buddy Seth. We were playing some Yu-Gi-Oh! and stuff like that. But Nice. Yeah, for, it's been a light week for me as well. Um Brett, Brett, finally, I will speak for him for a little bit. For a second, <laughs> he beat Hades, which me and him were talking about is something I have actually never done. Really? Yeah, just I've gotten to the final boss and I whiffed. And um, <clears throat> but yeah, like he he was playing through that and um, he's enjoying it. Me and, me yeah. and you joked that we were going to do a or you joked <laughs> that we would do a, a spoiler cast without him. Yeah. And he actually sounds interested in that. So when I beat Hades uh, and when he beats mm-hmm. it more so, maybe we could do that. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. I just uh, I just hit the epilogue. So I've cleared it 10 times. Um, oh, goodness. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm getting close. I'm closing in on the platinum. I just got some stuff to 
kind of grind out, but I love Hades. It's so good. It is. It is a great game. It's it's one of those that's it's almost like Slay the Spire to me, where they mm-hmm. they they come so far and few in between, and when it's there, it's just like I burn myself out on it because I play it so much. Yeah, exactly. I think Slay the Spire is one of my favorites too. I have a lot of time into that. I need to go back to it. See, and that's one that I um, it was such a surprise to yeah. It was. It's absolutely insane at how much I enjoyed and played that game. Mm-hmm. That uh, it came out of nowhere. Yeah, so. the only reason I even bought it was because my uh, my boss at the time was talking about it. So I was really like, okay, it's out. I guess I'll buy it so I can talk to him about it. And then like 130 hours later, I'm like, oh, play more Slay the Spire. <laughs> <laughs> it's it has that like it's like Hades. It has that addicting gameplay loop mm-hmm. that you can literally just pick up and play for. 20 minutes to like four hours at a time yeah you could do either or and it just works so well it's one of the few games i feel like legitimately intelligent while i play you know like if you pull off like a really good like defect run and you see like all your lightning procs and you just kill Uh bosses quick it's like i'm a genius (laughs) and defect is one of those two that like playing as it's like you accidentally or at least when i started playing as i was accidentally doing stuff and i was like Oh, so that's how you learn this character. You just kind of yep. walk into it. Exactly. Exactly. So it's it's I highly recommend anybody, and I've I've said it hundreds of times before, and I'm mm-hmm. sure Chris has too, is buy Slay the Spire. Yes. It is such a good game. Absolutely. Don't even wait for a sale. Worth full price. Buy it right now. Brett texted me uh just now saying, ever figure out the mic because he we we had to use some Patreon money to get me a mic that is actually garbage. Um <laughs> or at least the one I have was oh, I have, okay. I'm using my road. I figured out what the problem was with this, uh, which is the very first mm-hmm. mics we ever did the podcast with, or actually it's not, it's the second one technically, but he, Brett texted me. He said, did you ever figure out the mic? And I was like, well, I hope so. Cause we're recording. So, <laughs> um, yeah, it's for whatever reason I plugged my mic in or the mic we got, and it was picking up noise at like a superhuman hearing level. And it was really <laughs> loud. Like I, I didn't get it. So yeah, uh, my computer's weird though with mics. This one will only work in one USB port, which is weird. Um, anyways, enough about mic talk. I guess <laughs> uh, we could go ahead and move into the news for the episode. If you, Chris, if you want to direct us that way. Yeah, I can do that. So okay, I'll go through here. Uh, I guess the first thing is that uh, Sony had that whole debacle with Horizon. Um, what was your opinion on it? Like, how did you feel about it from before they fixed their decision? So, refresh my memory. What was it before they they did? It was, was it? It was you only got entitled to the PS5 version if you bought the PS4 Deluxe Edition. Gotcha. Okay, that's what it was. Okay, I, yeah. I didn't know if it was that or if it was something about a pre-order. I couldn't remember. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was an interesting, a very interesting way to do it. Yeah. Uh, um, at that point, what? How much? What was it ever revealed at how much that cost? Like the PS4 Deluxe Edition was it seventy? Eighty. Eighty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little weird. Yeah, I, I mean, can see it, that. And for me. Uh, we'll get into it, you know, in the main topic of the show. But for me, with these upgrade paths they're doing, I think that it is important. I don't really care how they do it as long as it's consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think that's something that if they're going to have an upgrade like charge, like they did with Ghost for the director's cut. And anytime you own a game and you want to upgrade it from the PS4 version to the PS5, as long as that upgrade cost is consistent, I'm fine with it for the most part. We'll get into that a little bit more um, later on. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. it's this is definitely the way to go instead of having some kind of weird collector's edition upgrade path, in my opinion. I, I don't know if I like that or not. The original mm-hmm. way, I mean. What about yeah. you? I, my bigger problem, I, I, to me, this was one of those, like, I've always been on the side of, like, corporations going to corporate, and I'm not surprised. I wasn't surprised at all by this, because to me, it's, to me, it's, I'm sure we'll, we can get deeper into it later, but I don't think this, this is the same situation as Ghosts or, you know, Death Stranding or any of that stuff, but my issue with Sony chart not, not giving a free upgrade was that they said at launch of the PS5 that they would give it for free. Yeah. So that to me was the the thing I got annoyed at. I'm like, you told me this was going to be, you said this was going to be free. It should be free. Like I, I never understood why anyone was even talking about upgrade paths when I'm like, they, they promised it to you already. I don't know why this is the conversation we're having. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, I get it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's Weird. not much else. Uh, I guess next... I guess the little caveats we'll get into at the main topic of that. Yeah, exactly. Because I have I have stuff to say, but yeah. Um, but yeah, next, just quick, uh, some listings and rumors have shown that Alan Wake is probably coming out on PS5 and Series X on October fifth. I really like Alan Wake; those are some great games. Um, did you ever play them? I did. I played them back on the what was it 360? I guess where they yeah, originally 360. came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked them for the most part. Uh, I'm sh- I'm curious. I don't want to get my hopes up with this being a, a rumor. Yeah, it seems pretty. I think it's pretty. I, I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if they show it. You know, next week or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I guess the next thing is what is happening. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> speak. Leave me alone. Um, the next thing really is <laughs> smartphones. Not very smart, apparently. Um, but yeah, Marvel Midnight Sun, they showed off that gameplay, which I hope you watched. Looks it great. looks great. So good. Because I, I said, I think last week when we talked about that, I was hyped on this because it's XCOM 2 Marvel. And then yeah. realizing it's Slay the Spire and XCOM Marvel, it's like, oh no, this is incredible. And, and it did something that I'm actually kind of surprised it did, but I'm kind of mm-hmm. happy, is that you get to create your own character. Yeah. And I was like, that is super super sick so i am i am really excited for this game yeah i hope they do it better than x-men destiny did on ps3 i don't know if you ever played that but i don't think i've ever even heard of that x-men destiny it is not very good but you make your own character and you like kind of focus them off one of the other mutants and your character means absolutely nothing so it's just super dumb (laughs) oh yeah i would hope that they wouldn't do that yeah i hope so that's my worry because i don't know but I believe in the game. It looks awesome. Even if my character is dumb, just the gameplay itself is what's going to pull me through it. So that's true too. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'll just play it over and over again, get my trophies, you know, everything like that. Yeah. I'm, I'm beyond hype for that game. Uh, and I, and it's for switch, right? So like, mm-hmm. I'm probably going to pick it up for PlayStation and switch just to have it in two different places. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, those are the types of games where like, a successful campaign is not like the end of the the time you play. That's yeah. just the beginning, you know. It's kind of like Hades in that way, you know. The first 
the first time you win is just the beginning of actually winning. <laughs> right. And those are those often tend to be some of my favorite kind of games. Mm-hmm. Me too. Um quickly the PS Plus games for September are Hitman 2, Overcooked All You Can Eat Edition, and Predator Hunting Grounds. I have Hitman 2 because I have Hitman 3. And then uh Overcooked and Predator, I want to try them. I liked Overcooked. I played a little bit of it, but not much of Predator. Yeah, I've already I've already owned Hitman 2 uh, for a while now, mm-hmm. and I'm uh, not a massive fan of Overcooked. Uh, and Predator Hunter ga- Hunting Grounds sounds cool, but I think I would just rather play like Alien, uh, you know, Aliens or any, anything else than that. Yeah, I can see that. I don't know. I was a really big fan of Dead by Daylight, and I haven't played anything like that so i keep hoping that something will come along that's kind of in that same vein of like 4v1 multiplayer but i haven't seen it yet yeah and see 4v1 multiplayer is such a cool concept that Mm -hmm. it's you know it kind of started with evolve and i kind of wish that it was more popular than it is now just because like i want to like dead by daylight yeah but at the same time, like I want something more than that. I just don't know what like dead by daylight's a really cool game, but I, I, there's something else there that I wish it was. And I, I I can't even tell you what it is. (laughs) It's weird. Yeah. I don't know. There's just something about killing all the high schoolers. man. Like, I don't know how to explain (laughs) it. Like I had so much fun playing as like the, the witch I think, or the nurse just stabbing people in the back. It's really cool. You know, and I don't typically like it when games do like movie crossovers. Um, like, yeah. Like when Mortal Kombat put like Freddy Krueger, I thought that was weird. But this is one <laughs> okay. of those games that like that works perfectly for. Oh, me. it's it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I played a lot of uh, Scream guy. He was fun. See, I just that's and that's so cool to hear. Like I played as a lot of Scream guy. There's not well, any cool. games you can say that about. No, because well, that's the crazy part. It's like I played a Scream guy, and then Pyramid Head, and then the Tyrant just came out, and I'm very excited to try the Tyrant. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to get back into Dead by Daylight now that Tyrant's out. Resident Evil stuff is there, so I'm excited for it. Sweet. Um, Sony finally has announced a showcase. So I want to be specific. This is a showcase. It is not a state of play. And it's next Thursday, September 7th, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. I'm, I'm excited. not surprised. I'm excited, but I'm not surprised. This is the Triangle Square no. curse. You criticize something, <laughs> or Sony specifically, for something. And then within that next week, it's like, yeah. no, we're going to prove them guys wrong. Here, Here's what they criticize <laughs> us for. Here's um, what you want. Yeah, so I am excited. I, I'm very curious as to what to see. I do not believe the stuff that uh, David Joffe is telling people, like, um, or the, the or how how he how he's hyping it up. I'm not. I'm just. I'm not believing it. I'm gonna wait, and I'm not letting my expectations get that high. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if this was a big thing, like at all. I wouldn't be surprised if he was right. But this is also like for me. This is the push comes to shove moment for abandoned. And if it's not here, I'm done. It's yeah, nothing. actually that's a good point. I didn't, I have forgotten about abandoned until yeah. they, um, they actually put a FAQ out on their website. Did you see that? I saw that. It was so bad. It was <laughs> it didn't say anything. It didn't. And it, it's kind of, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm almost tired of talking about abandoned, but I, I kind of, I just want to know. 
that's the thing. Like, I need to know. Because I've said, like, if it's a new Silent Hill or Metal Gear, cool, that's dope. But if it's not that, that is also fascinating to me. Yeah. And I want to know what what could possibly have possessed someone to get to this point. That's the story I want to hear in, like, ten years. What are you thinking, Hassan? You made this 7 out of 10 on Metacritic and pretended it was a Silent Hill game for six months of the year. So there's my my favorite conspiracy, like hardcore conspiracy theory part of all of this Mm -hmm. is that he did all of this intentionally to get people to download the app. And the app is mining Bitcoin on all their PS5s that it's installed on. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just sitting there mining Bitcoins for people waiting for updates. It's just sitting there mining the entire time. Obviously, that's like absolutely crazy, but that, that would be, be impressive. Hilarious, yeah. I would. I honestly don't even think I could be mad at that point. No, I mean, like, that's ingenious. Yeah, maybe give me a cut, but oh man, I don't know. Do you have any predictions for what you think is going to show up here? Um, in terms of like stuff coming out soon, I think we're going to get a um. Oh, well, I say I think. I hope we're going to get a look at God of War. Um, I would imagine. I, yeah, it's kind of like I'm not letting my hopes get too high on that, but I, I am hoping we do. Um, and maybe something else that's in the back of my mind that I'm really wanting to see, I just don't know mm-hmm. when, is the sequel to Spider-Man. I just don't know when oh, we're yeah. going to see it. Uh, I I don't know, because I, like, I feel like with Ratchet and with... Uh, What's the game they just did? Miles. I feel like it's soon for Insomniac to have something else. But it also yeah. wouldn't surprise me to see like three Insomniac games there either. Uh-oh. <laughs> he has my laptop. <laughs> I don't have the greatest sitting position for something like this. So I'm just kind of making do. <laughs> gotcha. But yeah, I, I really want to see what they're going to do with Spider-Man next. Mm-hmm. Because they teased Venom. Uh, they, they they, and there's so much stuff they can do on top of that that they can supplement the game with kind of how they did this game with um you know the way they kind of did the sinister sticks but they also had um kingpin thrown in the beginning mm-hmm. uh, they could do you know then they had shockwave they could do a couple of other things in it that i i'm hoping they do so yeah and my hope honestly is that they do like daredevils in the game too that would be awesome would i don't know if really they will cool. but i would like to i'd like to see more of like there's other people here because they teased Avengers in the first one and then yeah. they didn't do anything with it. So at least like, I hope there's someone else in there, even if it's like Luke Cage, Luke Cage sucks, but if it's him, that's fine too. I'll, yeah. It's cool. I was just, I'm not a big fan of Luke Cage either. No, he's not very good. <laughs> that Netflix show made him even worse. So it did actually, it, it really yeah. did. I did not like that Netflix show at all. <laughs> uh, I won't spoil it, but I still can't believe how that ends. Um, <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I made it to the ending. <laughs> it was like Punisher. I didn't make it to the ending of the second season of Punisher. Yeah, is there? There's two I, seasons I, of Punisher, right? I, if there is, I didn't watch the second one. Okay, <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that's uh, that's one of those things with all those Netflix shows. Like I got really mad when Daredevil got canceled, just to realize yeah. like I still haven't seen season three. <laughs> Daredevil <laughs> I haven't was, watched it. Daredevil was good, but like like you said, like there's definitely a quality change in those as they go mm-hmm. on. Yeah, once Defenders was one of the worst shows I've ever watched. I was like, I think I'm good. Yeah, leave it, leave it to the get to the big guys. Absolutely. 
Um, but in terms for me, I think I think we're gonna see that resistance collection that's been teased forever. Oh man, I would um, love it. I have a feeling, and we'll probably get because there was that rumor of Uncharted, the saga collection or whatever coming to PC. So I would bet we get that uh, on PS5. Um, but I think there's gonna be some big announcements. I think I think people who get their hopes too high are crazy, but I think people who are like not gonna happen, I'm not getting my hopes up at all. I think you're kind of setting yourself up to be happy at least like overwhelmed see and i i am excited but for me also they always pick like they always pick the weirdest times for for me personally it's like i'll be at work for two more hours after this so and that's how it was with the playstation 5 reveal event Mm -hmm. um i was at work and it was at three o'clock um because everything they do is like 1 p.m pacific yeah but um but yeah it's just i'm excited i can't i honestly can't wait i'm just in terms of the content, I just don't want to get my hopes up too high. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I guess the next thing on our list would be that Toshiba has been talking about how the console supply issues are probably going to last until September of next year. Uh, I'm kind of surprised by this, but at the same time, it, it makes sense. Like they haven't yeah. changed much. Uh, you have any thoughts? See, for me, I'm actually curious as to like, is COVID like really behind these supply chip shortages or, you know, did they not account for supply and demand? I'm, I'm sure they did. They had to have, cause the, you know, yeah. the, these are companies that, that have these numbers. But I, I'm just more shocked than anything is that going, you know, two years at that point into the console's lifespan, they're still going to be facing shortage issues. Right. And, but- um, it's something we've kind of seen them do a little bit of, of like, you know, they said they believe in generations. Well, <laughs> they've kind of been, they've, they've bent a little bit on that. And now it seems like they may have to do it even more. So if this actually truly will affect, you know, PlayStation and the PlayStation five, which will be interesting to see. Yeah. I, I feel like eventually they have to just, be like okay we have to move on because at a certain point to me it starts to be like you should have just waited to release the ps5 at this point you know if all of their games are going to come to ps4 at a certain point it's like why are you why did you bother just release them later just do a whole playstation hits collection at launch and it's zero dawn ghosts director's cut you know um death stranding all this stuff give it to me next year if 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 you're just going to keep releasing it and nobody can get the console either. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I agree. It's I just it's it's so weird because going into this generation it's like, you know, that you had a you had a feeling or an idea or even you knew that there was going to be shortages and it was going to be hard to get stuff, but you couldn't have told me that it would last 2 years and I would have believed you. I would have, you know, I would have 100% thought you were lying to me. Yeah. No, I agree. Like you normally expect, and I think is the norm that it would just be out and about. You could see a PS5 at Walmart, and it's still like you can only order online, and we don't sell it in store. Blah blah blah. I'm like, geez, man, I guess I got lucky. <laughs> Dude, and see, I've yet to see a, a next gen console in person. Like, like other than me owning them, I've never yeah. seen one out and about at no, stores. Neither ever. have I. I haven't even seen display units. I saw. I think we have a display unit in Best Buy here, but oh yeah, um, I can't. It's hard to like pinpoint exactly. I want to say like maybe, 
mm-hmm. six months ago. We were in Dallas and uh, we saw a display unit there, which was pretty. I remember at the time it was like me, Brett and everybody. And Brett had his PlayStation five at that point. And I want to say I did too. Um, but it was, it was showing them what, how big the PlayStation five was, was like the fun of the day. It was like, oh, hey, y'all, yeah. y'all come look at how big this thing is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I had, um, I took a picture of it next to my series S and it was just hilarious to look at it. It is. Yeah. They are <laughs> so ridiculous. much smaller. It's so much smaller. Um, yeah, I hope that, I hope they figure this out. I need, we, I'd like the consoles to be more out there so we can kind of just move on and see what a PS five only game looks like, you know, from Sony. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I'm really excited for. Yeah. Um, if you're into call of duty, the years there, there is another open beta coming on the 16th runs through September 20th. I meant to play the first one. Didn't Uh, forgot. So you didn't miss anything at all. I got invited to the alpha and I, and I was just thinking, I'm like, you know what I got, you know, I got the invite thing for my email. I'm going to play it. I'm going to see how Mm -hmm. it is. They picked the worst game mode for that alpha. I don't even know what it was really? called, but it was it was twelve people um, uh-huh. total, and you were in duo squads, and they were like thirty second rounds or or one minute rounds of you and your duo partner, and you would go into like the map and you 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 know kill. It was they and it was weird. What they did was, <clears throat> I guess I should clarify too is that they would group you and another duo up on that map. But that's it. So like, it's, it's really just duo versus duo for the one round yeah. with kills and stuff. You get money and then you cycle through fighting other duos one at a time <laughs> until like the round three. And then it opens up a hub and then you go buy guns and stuff and attachments. What? It was the weirdest, most hot dog trash game type I've ever seen <laughs> Call of Duty make. Yeah. That, it, you explaining it doesn't make sense. I don't understand what you're saying. I guess I guess the best way I can say is it's duos, but it's rotating duos of what duo you're fighting against in a lobby of 12. Well, yeah, I, I think the problem is more that the game mode doesn't make sense to me in my yeah, head. It, yeah, and I, I don't get it because like you kill an enemy and like you, yeah. there's like money on the ground that you pick up and like you get kill or money from kills. And then like every two rounds, a hub opens up mm-hmm. and it's like this... Um, like this little trench area and like you would see like an old war two movie and in the middle of that trench area, there is suitcases and each suitcase you can warn up to and you could buy perks. You could buy guns. You could buy armor plates from like, it's the same armor plate system that's in um, Warzone. Okay. Um, you could buy all that and it's like, you have 45 seconds to do so or whatever. And then it pumps you back out into like rotating duos again until three more rounds. It's the weirdest thing in the world. And I hated it. I hated it. I just, I played two rounds and I quit. I just deleted it. Was the, the gunplay. How was that? The gunplay was good. Um, I just, I was so frustrated without like with them not doing team deathmatch or something or even like domination or something. The the map, I will say this, the maps were not great. Um, No. Yeah. The map that they picked, the lanes were super short. Um, oh yeah, so good. And it was there was like super short lanes, but then there was like three different ways to get to that lane. So you could run into a lane and get killed from like three different areas. It was, mm-hmm. and it was so close. It was just weird. So I couldn't even judge the time to kill or anything like that. So I'm gonna wait for the beta. If the beta is team deathmatch, I'm gonna replay it. Yeah. 
I don't know. I think I'm just going to get Battlefield this year. So really, I'm not going to even care about Call of Duty too much. I am for sure getting Battlefield. Yeah, Call of Duty is just probably going to fall by the wayside for me. Yeah, I can do that for one year. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, take a break. Yeah. Um, announcement news. Crisis Remastered Trilogy is coming October 15th. Um, they're PS4 games, but backwards compatible with 4K 60 FPS. I like the Crisis games. Not too much to say about them. October 15th. Yeah, I'm not a massive fan of them, so... Fair enough. Not, nothing, nothing against them or anything. I just not my jam. Yeah, I get that. Uh, THQ Nordic, part of the huge publisher Embracer Group, has announced they also are doing a showcase this September. It's happening on the seventeenth, and they said they were going to tease or show six new games. So that's cool. I don't know anything they have because they have so much stuff. Yeah, I think that- a lot of it. Is like dog water, so I don't know why I'd know about it. <laughs> well, that's the thing with like THQ Nordic is they all of their publishings is just so massive. They're mm-hmm. like, I can't really be excited for this because that's just like telling me that six new games are going to get revealed from from random developers because at that point that's all they are to to me. Exactly. Like I think they have Volition and Gearbox, and those are the only guys I care about at all. Yeah. That I like off off the top of my head, you know. And Volition, um, they're they're busy with Saints Row, right? Yes, they are doing the new Saints Row. So I kind of we kind of know what they're getting from that. Gearbox, I, not like Gearbox does Borderlands, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, they have Borderlands they three or not. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. They have that Duke Nukem, which I wouldn't Ugh. be shocked at all by a Duke Nukem comeback. I am no. <laughs> I am I am not a fan of Duke Nukem at all. No. No, absolutely not. <laughs> um, oh, I guess speaking of, speaking of Duke Nukem, I played a little bit of Doom this weekend. Uh, yeah. Just to see how, uh, just, just to play something on my Xbox that wasn't Sea of Thieves. <laughs> and I forgot, like, that game's fairly fun. I don't know why I never beat it. Are you talking 2016? Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like Doom 2016. I have the Platinum, so I'm a big fan. I didn't play Eternal yet, but I will. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I I hear so so many good things about Eternal that I kind of want to beat 2016 to uh to get to it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and you're, you'll play you're gonna play on Xbox, I assume, so you'll have it on Game Pass, which is awesome. Yeah, because that's the weird thing is that like I kind of care about trophies. I care mm-hmm. about trophies in like the regards of like it'd be nice to have trophies say that I played and beat this game. Yeah, but I don't have the mindset of platinums anymore. Ah, uh, fair enough. So that was like, that was another big, like a, a, a massive reason now That's so fair. much for me. It's, uh, it's kind of just, um, since it's on games pass for free, I might as well play it. You know, I might as well play it there. Yeah. I mean, that's the right way to go about it. I'm just, I just want the trophies. So I always tend to buy my stuff. Like that yeah. was the joke joke I would make with Brett where I, I had Wasteland 3 installing for free on my PC and still bought it on launch on PS4 so I could play it there. That makes sense. Just and see that's that goes to show you like how strong um trophy systems are. Like me and Brett have mm-hmm. talked about it too, of like it is really compelling that at how it can make you want to play a game on a platform that's multi platform only for trophies. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. That's why I play everything like that, you know, but 
but like I don't know. I'm at the point where I'm kind of just like, all right, I'll play my get my third party stuff there, even if it's on Game Pass, and then I'll just use Game Pass for Starfield and the Elder Scrolls games. The inevitable Fallout Three remaster, I won't be able to play them. Fallout Kills Three me. remaster, yeah, like. I kind of want to play. See, after talking about Fallout New Vegas last week, uh, mm-hmm. I kind of want to play it on uh, download on Xbox because you know, like, it's on Game Pass, and I will kind of want to see like how that game holds up. But at the same time, I don't know if I want to ruin it for us. <laughs> I mean, I've played it recently. I still think the gameplay is good and the story is fine. It's just I don't think the exploration of New Vegas compares to Fallout Three, and I think that's the best part of that game. Yeah, one of them anyway. So that's why I always hold it higher. But I would, I would say, if you play it, you should. Because I, I know for sure it's. I've only played through New Vegas twice, I think, and I played through three a, a, a hundreds of times. Yeah, three. Yeah, just three. talking about three makes me want to play three instead of New Vegas. <laughs> I would always tell you to play three instead of New Vegas. Um, I, I really want to start playing three again for uh, speed runs because I. I know the speed runs, but I haven't perfected them. Think if I gave myself some time, I could do it. That see, that'd be cool. That, and that's always something to me too. That thought process is like, if I like this game enough, I can try to speed run it, or at yeah. least I can try to beat it in one sitting as optimally as possible. Mm-hmm. So that's always something fun. Yeah, but that's all I had for news, man. Cool. I guess we'll, at that point we'll move into the community's take, which. Of course, if you are a fan of the show, you can find us um, on Twitter at Triangle SQRD, at Facebook over there called A Triangle Square to PlayStation Podcast, and of course on our YouTube channel, which is just youtube.com slash nartech. Um, every week we ask communities to take questions in which you can join in and have uh, you know a good answer, and or just any answer, really. It could be a bad answer, and we'll still talk about it on the show. Uh, mm-hmm. Last week, of course, it follows the trend of the topics. Now we asked, would you prefer PlayStation to return to bigger events more often or keep the style they've had for the past year with state of plays? Does their absence at events make you feel like they're not being vocal enough or do you find their output to be plenty? Um, so we, we also had a little mini, a little mini uh, communities take that was picture dream uh, use of an IP of a genre changing smaller game. So we talked about last week about how Gears made Gears Tactics and how it's interesting that they did that and like a Resistance Tactics would be cool. Mm-hmm. So that kind of goes in line with that. Um, over on Discord, Patreon Dog, he says, I don't care if Sony does big shows or state of plays, but they need to pick one and do them at a minimum of once a quarter so that there's a steady stream of news and also don't show the same thing repeatedly, which is... I think everything he said there, I almost a hundred percent agree with once a quarter is not too much to ask for and oversharing games is kind of, is, is an annoyance of mine. What do you think, Chris? I think my, honestly, my, the only problem is more, I feel like you're, I feel like it's kind of having your cake and eating it too, right? Where like, if they have something every quarter, they're going to repeat games. I guess that, yeah, I guess I could see that being a thing, you know? Because they they can't. I don't think they can. They have enough studios and time in the world to make new game announcements every quarter. So I think it's either you know you get 
one big thing a year or maybe two, and then you have the state of plays that expand on what they're doing. I think they just need to balance it more. You know, I don't think they should pick one. I think we have a state of play, and the state of play is here's a bunch of indie games, and you got to see gameplay of Horizon, but here's our showcase. Hey, we just bought Blue Point. They're making Metal Gear. You know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, me and Brett have talked about it too. Like, where if you're going to show a game multiple times, show it in different ways. So, show if you're going to have to show us a CG trailer, the next time we see that game, it better not be like an in-engine trailer. I want to see at least mm. some gameplay with a release date. Don't don't show me like four different trailers and I still don't know when a game's coming out. It's a big no-no for me. Uh, let's see. He also goes on to answer the secondary question, which is a pretty cool answer in my opinion. He says, a fun dream IP for me would be Uncharted in a Nino Kuni art style full of crafting weapons and gear with a leveling system for each item a uncharted game using a Miyazaki art style would be very cool. I don't know how well it would be done, but it'd be very cool to me. It'd be cool. So is it, is it a, is it an RPG like Nino Kuni or is it a third person action game, but it looks like Nino Kuni. Neither is a bad idea. I'm yeah. just trying to figure out where we're at. I would assume it's like a third person action adventure game, but it's your gear is leveled like borderlands or like he said, Nino Kuni and a sense of like, it turns it into like not a looter shooter, but a system in which you want to use certain weapons more, more so, I guess. Okay. That's an interesting idea. It's definitely an original idea. Yes. I will give it that. Let's see. Patreon rude days. 93. He answers on discord. I rather they be at big events looking back at this E3. While it definitely wasn't the best of both Nintendo and Microsoft, they both had pretty good showcases and showed their roadmaps for the future. After A3, every social media platform was asking who had the better showing between the two companies, and of course, Sony was was noticeably absent. Besides Game Awards, I miss old E3 where all the gaming companies had events around the same time, and every fan of their console could be a part of the conversation about who had the better presentation. So, I agree there. Um, That was kind of like one of my complaints with them missing out E3, was that E3 has been like this Super Bowl style event um, for years now where for gaming of like everybody gets together, they show off what they're coming out with, they come out with their best stuff, and then you have conversations that you get to go into and talk about. And you could say like Sony had the best one because you can now borrow games from friends or you can still borrow games from friends Mm -hmm. like they did back in 2014 or 2013. Um, when they kind of slam dunked on Microsoft after their whole DRM debacle. Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff that could be done in E3 events, and and I personally do miss them. But at the same time, going back to what we were just talking about too, is that like, if they're going to follow this trend of just not having stuff to show, it kind of like goes into like, well, are they just going to show the same thing a lot again? Like they did at the E3 before last, like their last E3 was not the greatest, mainly because we knew of all the stuff they showed us almost. There was like one or two surprises, (coughs) but it was a lot of like repeat offenders that we've seen. So Mm -hmm. at that point, it's like, do you want to criticize them for having repeat offenders or them not be there at all? And I I still don't know the answer to that question for me. Um, Chris, do you have any input on that? 
I mean, I don't mind seeing games multiple times. So to me, I would rather they're just there and they show the game and we can get excited for it. Um, I know I see the argument of like, oh, well, uh, they're showing like they showed Spider-Man too much or they show. I would actually say they showed too much of Spider-Man rather than they showed Spider-Man too much. But if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I think that, like I said, I think that's just a, a victim of okay there's you know gamescom pax pax west pax east uh tokyo game show e3 yeah uh, the game awards if there if you want them to be at all these things you have to accept that you're gonna see days gone seven times in the in the three years it's being developed you yeah. know what i mean so I, I, that's kind of why i think they should just do like hey here's an hour once once every six months here's an hour and then you can have 20 minutes on the games later down the line on a state of play that, you know, we just kind of poop out on the PlayStation blog. But as long as they have these big kind of, okay, here's what everything we're doing for the, for a while and we have more surprises, but this is what we got now to show you. You know that. Yeah. And like, that's, you know, especially like days gone, like you said, is something I think even I forget a lot of times is like for how long this game was developed, especially after the initial showing of that game, mm-hmm. you're going to see it w- at least a couple more times for just marketing reasons alone, let alone exactly. for game reveals. And even I forget that too. And I, and I get frustrated at seeing it a lot because at that point you're not always <clears throat> the person that they're trying to appeal to the most. They're trying to appeal to people that have never seen or heard of the game sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it's, it's interesting for sure. Yeah, because it's it, kind of going back to something Rude Days had mentioned where he was talking about how like Sony was noticeably absent and you know Microsoft and Nintendo showed what they did. But then we have this thing of like, those were almost all CG trailers for everything. You know? Yeah. Maybe not Nintendo because I don't care about Nintendo, so I didn't really pay too much attention. But I know Microsoft was 90% CG. And then, you know, some people will complain about that, too. I will complain about that. So we that's the thing. Like Microsoft was there, but they showed you all CG trailers. It, just, are you okay with that? Because I know that some people will complain, you know? So we have to kind of figure out what... That's the hard part with this conversation, because we have to kind of compromise on some things. If we want to get... If we want to see them more, we have to compromise on, hey, I'm going to see, you know, Spider-Man 12 times. You know what I mean? Yeah, and there's a middle ground, too, of, like, for me personally, if I see a CG trailer, unless that Mm -hmm. game is coming out within, like, six months to a year, I normally don't have a problem with it because that sets the stage for, like, my hype. And then the second trailer, I need to see something. I need to see, like, I know Brett was talking about Saints Row, uh, their trailer is saying that that wasn't gameplay he saw. I consider that gameplay because the only thing missing is the HUD. I there are times though, in which I do think like death stranding went a little too far without showing you actual gameplay, like with a HUD. Um, but for something like saints row, that was like the second trailer, I think, or maybe even the first, that was the first. Yeah. Yeah. So like, and we already saw pretty much what gameplay is going to at least look like. So Mm -hmm. I can't really complain. I I think that there's a middle ground that can be met that, um, will appeal to most people. Yeah, and I don't think that that you know, I don't think a HUD really fits into that kind of trailer either. Like, I don't want to see a health bar in that yeah. in the trailer. It almost almost will break visual pacing and how yeah. like, the trailer is supposed to be presented. 
Exactly. That's that's for down the line when you when IGN does a ten minute, you know, the first ten minutes of Saints Row, and that's when I see it. You know what I mean? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, let's see. We have Awesome Dave Elite or uh, Awesome Dave One Three Three Seven, depending on how you want to pronounce it. <laughs> he says, "I personally would like to see them stick with the smaller state of plays, but have one big event every year or two for really big announcements, such as entries in flagship games or new hardware." Mm-hmm. So that kind of goes back to the rude days thing to me too, is that state of plays for certain could be a thing in which they're only showing off stuff they've already shown off. And that's where you can get the release dates from and stuff like that. Um, and then every year having one or two big announcements and then revealing stuff. So I could see something like, I don't know, a like a Bloodborne sequel being announced mm-hmm. in, in a presentation that they would uh, hold. And then six months later, you get the gameplay and the release date in the state of play or whenever, you know, or eight months later, you, you get that there. And I think that wouldn't that wouldn't be bad as long as they would just kind of do what they're doing with their upgrade plans. As long as they're consistent, as long as you can look at a state of play and think there's going to be some release dates given here. You know, mm-hmm. and that's kind of the majority thought process. Then, yeah, they that would be kind of fine for me. What about you? Um, I, I I'm kind of with them. I think they should have more than one event every year or two. I think it should be one or two events a year, big events. But I think for the most part, I completely agree. Like, yeah, I'd rather see a couple state of plays or a bunch of state of plays and a couple big things than any other alternative, personally. Yeah. Um you know, I'm I'm just curious as to when if this process is gonna change up in terms of not consistency in the way of when we see them, um once consoles start selling a little bit more of. Um I'm curious if they speed up at all. Um or just I guess technically at that point it's just going so far into the generation that these studios are gonna be more close to finishing games they're working on. So mm-hmm. I think it'll be interesting um, to see nonetheless. Let's see. He finishes off his comment with the secondary question saying, then for a genre uh, changing IP, I would love to see Sony take some characters from each franchise and make some quirky, weird JRPG, but in a 16 bit style. Imagine a party with Nathan Drake, Sackboy, and a chimera from resistance, all with their own special abilities. And you can swap out party members. That would actually be, really really cool and that is 100 a dream because i don't think we will ever see something like that <laughs> no but i actually kind of have a, the same idea as him where i i want them to do a, a genre mashup of like an open world like jrpg kind of like how tails does it yeah. when you fight it's like an arc system works fighter but it's like a it's you take the it's the same concept of the playstation characters like traveling through each other's worlds yeah, okay. So I think Mario. I think Mario. Like think Mario Galaxy. Yeah. Mixed with Tails, mixed with Dragon Ball Fighters, and you have what I want. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm here for it. I would definitely be down for that. Um, be fun. To be fair, they've done something like that in the th- in the in the just the mashup of PlayStation All Stars. I just think that the the fact that yeah. we haven't seen that again kind of says a lot. Um, I am going to change over to Twitter and get a couple here before we go to our main topic. 
Um, Zayden, aka our buddy Richard, <clears throat> he says, I want to go back. It was always fun when they did E3 and PlayStation Experience. It was like an event for PlayStation fans. So I think we can all agree on that for the, mo- uh, for the most part. Um, let's see. Grab another one real quick. That's a lot of these, like uh, Stefan Swallen. Um, mm-hmm. They're kind of on the same page as like most of us are. He says, I think the right way is for the entire industry to go to the way of directs and state of plays. That's kind of an interesting take there. <clears throat> um, considering realistically only Microsoft is left out of that. Um, yeah. Will Rodriguez, he says, I kind of wish they did return a uh, state of plays. I don't feel the same with it being honest. Um, so yeah, it's kind of weird. Like uh, most of us are on the same page. There's no, there's nobody really objecting that they want or they don't want, they don't want state of plays at all. Um, I guess technically Richard wants it to go back to, you know, the way E3 was. Um, Sean Sanderud says, I'm a greedy gamer, so I always want more. It doesn't have to be a big flashy showcase, but would be happy with more state of plays showing off any type of games. Uh, as you never know when a brilliant game pops up from nowhere, pretty much like Death's Door has done this year on Xbox. I'm actually not familiar with that title, Death's Door. It's good. Is it? Is yeah, it I've been in- playing it on PC. Okay. Um, oh, okay. I'd actually recognize this title off of the the cover art. Um, but yeah, like that's, and I think that's where a couple of the golden gems can come from is just random introductions from little small things like that. Unfortunately though, I think a lot of people when they see state of plays or like Nintendo directs, I think that's why those little games are so cherished because they come away as like a surprise because everybody goes in thinking of a big first party games. They don't go in thinking of stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that's kind of why that's kind of why when I did the news, I was kind of focusing on this is a showcase and not a state of play. Cause yeah. I think that's one other big thing that we haven't mentioned really is that I think people get their hopes up that every state of play is going to be a showcase and that's not what they're for. Um, so yeah that's and that, at that point you just get your hopes up too because i've seen people go into state of plays and they're like okay god of war is definitely going to be announced here you're not wrong mm-hmm. like there's going to be a state of play where god of war is talked about where it's announced that's where i'm not too sure about um but i may be incredibly proven wrong uh, let's see the last one i'm going to get on twitter is going to be from a good longtime buddy of the show no fate, aka Sean Juan Neo. He says, I'm a strong believer that no one should show a game that is more than 12 months away from release. That said, I also feel PSX should happen once every year, a celebration of community and gaming for all PlayStation fans alike. What I like about his answer was he went away from online directs and showcases and went straight to PSX. Which, mm-hmm. for those that do, that do not know, it is a massive PlayStation convention, convention held in Los Angeles, um, typically yearly, uh, typically in November. But we haven't had one in three years or two years. Uh, definitely pre-COVID. I yeah. don't know when the last one was, though. Um, so for the past two years minimum, we haven't had one. And I have always wanted to go to one of these. 
back when Brett went to one that was part of, it was the first <laughs> year we have done, we did this show. Um, I worked at a place that did not have a consistent schedule. So I, and I could not request off on certain weekends and that would happen to be a certain weekend. Um, but yeah, I would really hope that they would bring it back. Not so much for game reveals, but for just the community, like just go out there and vibe with other people who like PlayStation, who like the, you know, that same kind of mindset, because we have people who we played Monster Hunter with, Destiny with, um, No Man's Sky with. There's people that we've met that we still talk to, like Nick is one that we met at PSX that or that Brett mm-hmm. met at PSX that are become friends of the show. So this is like it, it worked out wonderfully. Um, now, his first part, what do you think about that, that no one should show a game that is more than 12 months away from release? So a full yeah, year from release. Sure. Mm-hmm. I don't really know. I don't have much on that, sadly. I think for me, it's as as long as you are um, transparent with yeah. it being that far out. Um, and at the same time, it's transparent, but you're showing me stuff that has alluded that you're at least some progress into working on the game project area was one where it's like a CGI trailer and you don't even have the name for the game yet. I think that's a little too early to show. Um, granted that may be a much smaller game in scope by the time it's revealed and it could be less than a year away from when we got it. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to say. It Uh, is. Um, Project Athia is crazy because I, I don't, I still have trouble believing it's coming out. That's oh, the yeah. way they announced it. I keep calling that game Project Area. Yeah, Project Athia. I don't know why I keep, I keep just bleh, messing the name up. <laughs> uh, let's see. Did you have any over on Facebook or? Um, I don't think so. Brett uh, normally handles I, the Facebook because I don't have one. So if yeah, you answer, I was gonna on, say I didn't pull it up. You're fine. If you answered on Facebook this week, this may just be one of those weird weeks where we couldn't get to you, unfortunately. Um, let's see. I will, I'll round it off with one last one. This way, this everybody in Discord could have at least gotten an answer to. And we'll uh, we'll focus on you Facebook boys a lot next week. And I'll be sure to mention that to Brett um, so that we can get you in. Uh, the Snow Jedi over on Discord, he says, I'm happy for them to run their own events. And it means they can focus on their message without getting it lost in other news. They shouldn't have to do what everyone else wants and just let the games speak for themselves, which I think they, they, they do pretty well already. Mm-hmm. Um, his dream game though is star Wars naughty dog, which okay. that would be pretty cool. There's been a long rumored naughty dog game in the works. Now that's been a sci-fi heavy game and me and Brett have talked about it before just off the show about how cool it would be. I don't think it's I think it's a thing, but it would be really cool to see. Yeah, I'd like to see a Naughty Dog depressing space opera. I'd be I'd be down. Yeah, because that's just they they tell a story really well, and telling it in sci-fi universe is is just it's what I want. I just I love sci-fi. I still think we're getting a, a superhero game from them based on those cards and The Last of Us too. Oh, um, wasn't there comic books in the first or not? Was it 
was it comic books in the first one or was it arcade games that focused those same heroes? Or am I just miss, am I just conf- I think, confusing them, them having comic books and arcades thinking that's the same ones in the, as in the second one? Yeah. I don't know about them being the same. I think there was a bunch of poster references to stuff in the last of us one. And then the last of us two just straight up had that card game or the collectible cards. Gotcha. Like, Dr. Okay. Uckman and those and that stuff. Well, let's see. I guess at this point we're going to move on to the main topic. Um, for those, yeah, this this will probably be a. We always talk about like sometimes there are going to be uh, episodes that are shorter in length than um, than others, and this might be one of them. Just because you know this is back to two people, less uh, mm-hmm. less time to talk about things with two people than three. But um, we'll be back to our normal schedule next week and of course the main topic of the show is with the way that horizon has kind of revealed their upgrade path it's kind of just reflecting on our thoughts about that about the the way that sony handled it and how we kind of want to see it from the get-go um so chris we we're now getting horizon at a ten dollar difference mm-hmm. from playstation 4 to playstation 5 right Yes. Reflecting upon that, do you think that that is kind of the way to go? So if Days Gone 2 was to come out, even though we know it's probably not. Sadly. But if Days Gone 2 was to come out and the PlayStation 4 version was 60 and the PlayStation 5 version was 70, do you have a problem with that at all? Or do you think that that $10 difference is kind of a good thing across the entire board? Um. I don't have a problem with it. I don't necessarily think it's a good thing. Actually, I'll say I think I would think it was a good thing because I'm surprised Sony isn't just like PS4 version is still sixty nine ninety nine. So I'm almost just happy they're not doing that for people, you know? Yeah. Because that that wouldn't have surprised me at all. Yeah, and. What what game was it that people were criticizing? I think it was a Square Enix game. Was it Control? Yeah, it was Control, where you had to re. You only got the PS5 version with the Ultimate Edition. Yeah, and I, I see. To me personally, that's not the way to go on anything. Um, especially if you if you did own it, I guess at that point it's not much of a difference, right? Like you're mm-hmm. just buying it. But if you did own it and it was a re-release, and technically these are two different things we're talking about. We're talking about re-releases of games with now the new upgrade path and the way that the games are now newly releasing uh, mm-hmm. with differences uh, in terms of pricing. But something I see a lot of online and it's not a bad sentiment to have in my opinion, but people are saying that <clears throat> when they bought the PlayStation five, they bought the power difference that is required for these games. So mm-hmm. why should they have to spend an extra $10 on horizon when they already did with the PlayStation five? And I, I can't help but feel that they're not wrong entirely. I do think that they, they're not attributing that games should technically cost more money because of inflation. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, it's, it was never sprung on us properly in my opinion that the games were going to cost that. Now this may be the way it's going to work of, of 
now you know you're already kind of prepared to pay seventy dollars for PlayStation Five games. Now you're going to be prepared that there's a ten dollar difference in these these cross generational games, and I think it works well with that to me um, because of how they set it up. Like, am I wrong to think that because they have started charging games at seventy dollars that like why would you think Horizon would be sixty? Right. Right. Yeah, and, exactly. And if it is 60 on PlayStation 4 and it's 70 on PlayStation 5 and you're buying the PlayStation 5 version, it's no different than buying Demon Souls at launch for 70. It's the same price. You're paying $70. Um mm-hmm. Now I don't know, it's it's weird because consoles are the the one kind of technology in which this happens in if you have a pc and if you buy a new graphics card games are not more expensive um than if you did not but if you own a console that's kind of something you have to go into owning a console with in mind is Mm -hmm. it's the same thing with going digital people say all the time well if they if you go all digital you know you may not have access to those games in 20 years you are aware of that if you went all digital and if you didn't right. go all digital, well then you, you kind of made a mistake, but mm-hmm. people are very much aware of the downsides to things. When they go into them, they weigh the differences for me. I, I don't like having collections of games. I like having collections of other things like books. And actually, I don't know if you can see it really that well. I have a bookshelf behind me. It's kind of dark. Mm-hmm. that has like manga and certain books on there that I like that I'll collect, but I don't want to do that with video games. So I know that, Full, that it is a massive possibility that Slay the Spire, for example, could never be playable in 20 years because of some kind of weird thing that happened with it and it's off the market. But yeah, that's you know that going in. And I think that's the same with consoles. You, you kind of know that there's cross-generational stuff with all consoles, even though that Sony said that they're, they're you know, they're, they, they, they want to keep things separate. It's obviously not working out that way. And, you know, it's for me just kind of an okay concept to go with is that it's going to be a $10 difference because you're already used to that. You're already used Mm -hmm. to it being a $10 difference from you upgrading. Yeah. How do you, is that how you feel about it or do you feel any different? I guess I just feel, I don't, because you had said that like, you know, you bought the PS4 for the power. So, or five for the power. Why should you pay more? And I think the thing is, at least in terms of Horizon, let's say it's, it's if it's sixty on PS4 and seventy on PS5, it's because those are the norms for the console that you just bought. You know what I mean? The PS5 was out for what seven or PS4 was out for seven years, and everything costs sixty dollars. So you stay okay. Then this PS4 game is sixty dollars. You know that might screw Sony actually more than anybody else. Where now I can go and buy the PS4 version for sixty dollars and get the PS5 version for free. But, you know, the PS5 version is 70 because it's the it's the PlayStation 5 version, which is kind of where I stand on a lot of this is I I think while a shitty practice for consumers, I don't think you're entitled to a different version of the same game. You know, I think it's a good thing for them to do. And I'm glad that they offer uh, upgrades for like Ghost of Tsushima and Death Stranding Director's Cut. Um, but I think that those, kind of what I mentioned earlier in the show, that I think those are different situations because those are 
PS4 games that you own already. And while I do think, I do think it would have sucked if they'd been like, you don't get a new upgrade. You don't get a new version if you have it already. Um, I would have just, I would have had to look at it and be like, okay, I mean, I guess it's a different version. And that's why I think the new game is kind of different because you know from today on that if you buy, at least you did, if you bought the PS4 version, you didn't get the, the PS5 version. And if right. you wanted the PS5 version, you have to buy the $80 edition. So to me, it was one of these things of like, it wasn't a situation of Sony put out this game four years ago, you bought it, and now they're releasing another one. And you're like, well, I should get this one for free because I have the old one. It's today you can buy ver- both versions. So you chose to buy the PS4 version, knowing that you don't get the PS5 version. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know. And see, for me, that, oh, sorry, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, I was just like, you know, me, me, Brett and Blake privately had like a whole thing about it. And like, I was trying to explain, like, I'm not licking Sony boots or whatever it is. Like, I think it sucks if they if they had kept it the way they kept it. But I also think there's some level of they've announced this months before it's happening. So if you go in uh, in February, knowingly buy the PS4 only version and get upset that you don't have the PS5 version. I, I don't know how to feel sympathy on that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't think you have the entitlement to be upset in that case. Um, right. I think that you can, of course, critique them. Yeah. as, um, And that's kind of what we saw was that they, they got enough critique that they reversed the decision and they changed it to what it is now. Um, which, you know, that, that goes to show you that, that it's incredibly smart that even if you love a company, um, that mm-hmm. you call them out when you feel like they're doing something that, that you don't agree with, even if it's something you don't agree with and it's something yeah. that is, um, uh, you know, you, you may have the unpopular opinion at that, mm-hmm. but you never know, like, just because of that, you know, we've seen it hundreds of times and that's not to say that like thousands and thousands of people should be able to change a company's mind at a whim because of their belief, because sometimes it's not always for the greater. Um, sometimes it could be for the worse. Um, obviously the company's going to do what they think is going to make them the most money. Um, and, and if it's for PR reasons as well. Um, but it's just weird because it just seems like it would have been easier for them to say, or just for them to have as a plan of like $10 difference. This is what you're used to as if you're, if you're a PS five owner mm-hmm. already, this is what it's going to be. <clears throat> and it, it seems weird that it took them this horizon debacle for that to, to change or for that to be the official statement. See, I don't think this would have changed if they had, if they hadn't already told you that you would get it for free. I really don't. I think they would have just kept going. And I think the reason that we saw the upgrade pass on later games is because they, they bungled so hard and they were like, okay, well we're fixing. We have to, we now need the goodwill if we're going to apologize. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's my, that's my take on it. I don't know. Cause I think in the end, it was one of these things like they told you what you needed to know before you bought it. So I feel like it's hard because I, I read a lot of articles where it was like, well, what happens if, you know, Johnny buys a PS5 down the line? And in my head, I'm sitting there, I'm reading it and I'm like, I know it's not, you know, the most empathetic response, but it was sitting there like, well, Johnny should have bought the digital deluxe edition. Like, I don't know what, yeah, like, uh, you know, I don't know 
why this conversation is like, oh, Sony's screwing people. You know, and that was the general tenor I got reading about it. Like, I, it sucks, and I don't like the practice, but they're not screwing anyone. If anything, they're they're helping you out by being like, this is how you get both. They don't have to tell you that because they don't want you to get both. They don't want you to get one for free, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I don't think that they're screwing anybody when these people are making these choices themselves. Like, exactly. People will say, like, people say that, like, I'm trying to think of a good example here because there's one that lies in Nintendo somewhere. Um, if you buy the Diamond and Pearl remakes, you're you're getting screwed by Nintendo. Are you? Because it's like you're making that decision yourself, right? So like inherently that you're 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 not because you are wanting to purchase that game. Um, mm -hmm. But it's it's just it's weird because. I guess at the same time, you could argue if you really wanted to try to argue that they put they, that that's the only way that they did. They, they put that out there. So, of course, you're getting screwed. But at the same time, I don't have that thought process, really. It, it very rarely I have. A, well, I have that thought process with certain situations because sometimes certain situations cannot be avoided. Um, yeah. But that's not the case with this. And it's not the most it's not the case with most of the time with purchases. Um, mm. So for me, it's just it's weird. Um, I, I personally, you know, to kind of end this off, I don't really have an issue with the way that this is good being done. Um, nor did I have an issue with the way it was at first. I think it was weird, but mm -hmm. at the same time, I've said this before too. I don't really buy games at launch anymore. And I have to really, really, really like a game or a series to buy it at launch right now. And for me, it's like, I don't know if I'm getting Horizon at launch. I want to, but at the same time, it's if there, if it's going to be fifty dollars a month later, why you know why why waste twenty dollars? Um, the only thing is, or I say, why waste? I guess that's another mm -hmm. oh, a not correct fa for, uh, phrasing in that sense, but um, I guess it's to uh, to play a new Sony first party and to support them in the first you know month they came out because we've been asking for a game like this. Um, but yeah, it's, it's weird because those same people that have these complaints, if they just wait two or three months, often they'll buy them at a discount anyways. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. And I mean, that's, that's kind of the thing with this. It's like, I think people need to separate like when something sucks versus when it's actively screwing you. You know, and yeah. I think this is a nice situation where it sucks, but you're not actively being screwed. Where realistically, if you buy the PS4 version and upset you didn't buy the, you don't have the PS5 version, uh, you screwed yourself. Sony told you you need to buy this one to get that, you know? So. Yeah, and it's hard because I think people are just complaining to complain too in some regards. Definitely, yeah. It's not always. Um not always kind of the case but with this one in particular i definitely see where people can complain about this being wrong or people complaining about the pricing and like it being baked into the cost of the playstation i get all of that mm -hmm. but at the same time just you know wait for it just because it'll go on sale if it's that big of a deal um and I'm glad that the people who did, who are passionate enough, you know, were vocal enough that it got changed because that shows that sometimes things can be changed. 
but that's a dangerous wormhole to mess with. Because if you yeah. open up that wormhole, then you can open up wormholes for a million other things that people can complain and change with. And I almost always find it funny too, because a ton of, a lot of changes that happen in media today that you are a fan of that's older media is typically the voice of reason from other people. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's kind of like this double-edged blade of like, sometimes it really works out and sometimes it really does not. So exactly. But, uh, did you have anything else more to say about the topic? No, not really. Yeah. Like I said, guys, it's kind of a shorter episode this week, missing a person. Um, my voice hurts. It's Labor Day weekend. So we all got planned stuff like that. So yeah. I hope everybody stays safe on this Labor Day weekend. And of course this, uh, next week's community's topic is how do you feel about this upgrade path that Sony has implemented? Um, do you like the fact that it's now clear and concise on what it is? And, um, you know, are you glad that they changed it from what they were with horizon? And you can let us know that on uh, Discord, um, which is going to be linked in the description. Uh, our Twitter over at Triangle SQRD, and of course our Facebook group, uh, which is Triangle Squared, a PlayStation podcast. Um, you can also go over to Patreon.com/slash/Nartech, and you can support us for just a measly dollar one month every month. Um, that helps us out greatly with things such as, you know anything like we have mic uh, problems sometimes like this time we had to buy a mic and even though the mic is going to get returned because it was not great we wouldn't have been able to do that without the help of you guys but running a podcast is not exactly cheap there's a ton of hidden fees that come with it and uh that greatly helps out with that as well so i uh, have this pulled up i hope that this is i know this is pretty much updated because it's only it's only a three week old Patreon list, but if you've been a Patreon within the last three weeks, um, don't fear because your list will be added to it. But thank you to our Patreons. We have Kyle Grimm, Josh Durrell, Matthew Green, my name is Dan, Luke Bataramelu, Sean Santarude, Funk Turkey, Danny Villalobos, Corey Hickerson, Blake Pubst, Kevin Bakerbits, Mark Schutz, Shadowis, Stephen Salazar, The Stonard, Rich, Constantly Kenny, Solitary Red, Chris Figs, Zachary Sawyer, Landis, Rude Days 93, Josh Drago, Bailey Robertson, Brian, Donovan Williams, Derek Porter, Josh Ayers, Joshua Lago, Sean Juan Neo, Tyler Powers, Jehudi MD, Rob at Warp Point, they're a friend of ours, go check them out, Richard Schaefer, and of course, last on the list, we have Ham and Egger. Thank you all for being Patreons, and thank you all for the show. This has been Triangle Squared, episode 227.